It's episode 1088, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Virginia Beach. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Virginia Beach, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up, dog? And just down the road there in Nashville, our very own downtown, Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Hey, if I sound different, it's because I forgot all of my podcast recording gear, and we were going through Jesse's junk in the attic and i have some <laughs> 2003 setup so i apologize I, dear listener i for... have a little a little exhibit to podcasting of yesteryear <laughs> in my attic a uh, shrine that i call it um I, I often go in some mirror so i can just look at myself with old podcast gear and just you know look back on memories thankfully cambridge able to pillage that. the museum of podcasting history um <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm up here in Virginia. Cohen and I road tripped up like we did last summer, and we're staying with the Carries for a few days and uh, yeah. see all the Virginia highlights, which there's three. Yeah. I'm kidding. I don't, oh, I don't know. I, I, we Virginia Beach lovely, is cool. Cool town. We we went on a lovely walk last evening when you after you guys arrived. That sounds like such a cute little grandparent thing to do. It was nice. It was nice. <laughs> it was well, lovely. to be fair, they, they, they were, we did have a nice sit down dinner. Mm-hmm. Cameron commented, "He's like, this looks like a holiday dinner." I it mean, there, ho- it was. It was rotisserie. There was mashed potatoes. I mean, Ooh. It was, yeah, I don't need like that. Do it. She just pulled out all the Southern, stops for you. Southern hospitality. Not only that, uh, we got back from a walk, and uh, you know, we sat outside. We sat at the tiki bar for a little bit. Cameron mm-hmm. got to experience that uh, before before some rain blew in. And then it was you know late. Cameron and Cohen have been on the road all day, um, you know, and so we decided to fire up some Shark Week, as you guys know. <laughs> This week is is one of uh, you know what I consider was once one of the great American institutions. Absolutely, um, <laughs> like I the boy, July Fourth hot dog eating contest, Shark I, Week, exactly. Joey Chestnuts, yeah, yeah. I I've been boycotting Shark Week for several years. Ever since I feel like they no pun intended jumped the shark right. by doing fake specials. But this year. We were on my couch last night, my family, Cameron and Cohen, and we're scrolling the latest Shark Week offerings. And we're like, okay, you know, enough time. I, I People, longtime listeners of this podcast know that the Megalodon special, which was a fake shark special, you know, it was basically a mockumentary that they played off as a real documentary. It, it soured me on Shark Week for a long time. But it's like, all right, look, look at these interesting titles. Air, air Jaws, okay? This air is Jaws. A, 
And the premise of this special is, and they and they reestablish the premise for the entirety of the episode. It it is it is it is basically the same ten minutes on a loop in different scenes. But it's two guys who, for some reason, do not get along. It's never clearly established why they don't like each other. Um, We don't know their credentials. We don't know if they're marine biologists. We know almost nothing about these accomplished scientist vibes from either of them. Get it? (laughs) Their stated goal was to capture what they call breaches. Which is the entire premise of this special is can they drag a fake seal behind a boat (laughs) and fake sharks into jumping out of the water and doing cool flips? That is the entire premise of the show. Yeah. And and, and they they tell us repeatedly (laughs) that they're going to and I that that they've been hard to get breaches lately because the orcas are hunting the sharks. Again, they they didn't give us no stats to back this up. We never see orcas hunting sharks. But there was B-roll footage of dead sharks washed up on the shore that we saw the same footage 38 times. Yeah. And and again, it it, it didn't take us long to sniff out. The reason we're not seeing many breaches (laughs) this year on Air Jaws is because it's not because of the orcas. Do not blame the orcas for this. They're just not good. At one point, they've run out of stuff to do. They, they've been circling this island, dragging the seal, it's getting true. zero breaches. And we're like 40 minutes in. It's true. We're, full, we're, we're like 40. So then they find a fishing vessel that is just, you know, and for some reason they board this vessel. And it looks like some destitute old pirate has been living on this vessel for the last 30 years. All he goes by is fluff. I, it, it appears he's not even consenting to being on television. He doesn't appear to have any idea what's going on. And they try to ask him if he's ever seen a breach so that they can ascertain if they're going to get one on the special. Uh, and he said he saw a shark pull a bird out of the sky one one time. Like, but we got the impression that was quite a bit of time ago. Um, we bailed on the special without one breach. My son, no breach. it was... It was it was way past his bedtime, and I so he ran. I don't know if you realize this, Cameron. I think you had gone in the kitchen. Noah ran back out of his room, was hiding behind the couch. I was like, "What are you doing? You got to go to bed." He's like, "We didn't see the breach." I'm like, I can't believe they didn't have one. Welcome breach. to Shark Week, son. That's insane. Welcome like, to Shark Week. Nothing this but build up and disappointment. Yeah, they they played the sl- same breach from last year in slow mo five times to let us know it's what possible. a good breach I'll looks be honest, like. When yeah. you started talking, when you said the word air jaws, I was thinking they were gonna go almost like a Sharknado route where they just like completely fabricate a totally unreal shark story. I thought it was gonna be like the sea version of Air Bud, where there was a shark who did sports tricks or something like that <laughs> well let me well, the breach me, is kind of a sports trick <laughs> <laughs> Derek, what's your experience or any do you have any experience with shark week i don't have any experience with shark week my son my oldest son loves i mean he's been hype about shark week all week and he hasn't slowed down to watch one thing so <laughs> It's just not a tradition at our home. You're not missing um, out. But, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. We, <laughs> sounds like sounds like I missed out on the heyday. <laughs> when you're Shark on, Week. So now you you're know. on Max and all the Shark Week programs are just there. You know, you don't have mm. to wait each evening. You know, it's just you can just pick what you want. So we're going through all of them. And after Air Jaws was so disappointing, we we're like, we need to switch this up. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Aaron because us is killing just, me right all now. of them are the same thing they're all the same thing it's all this build up it's all this repeating the same footage again and again and again to this one quest that ultimately turns out to be disappointing almost always right yeah 
we saw Jackass does Shark Week. And we're like, oh, oh yeah, let's check this out. Now that's content I can give my Jesse. Right tell there, them bro. about that show because it is honestly what you hope Shark Week <laughs> is. It was <laughs> the best <laughs> show ever. It really was. And and Cameron, I did some research last night because we watched the one from 2021. They have a sequel in 2022. I know. I so, saw it. So it, was, we, it was up next. We're going to watch yeah, it tonight. So, so yeah. we're, that's, we're firing that up tonight. But it, it's 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 the crew from Jackass with some of the new recruits. So they have like Jasper from the Odd Future crew uh, is part of, is part of the gang now. <laughs> this other guy who it's unclear what his origin story is, how he ensconced himself with the Jackass crew, but his name's Poopsies. <laughs> Poop, and poopies. He, poopies. he willingly that's goes great. and poopies? That's even better. He does. Uh, well, he's going by the name. I don't know if he's willing or not, but that's what everyone's calling him. Uh, but him and Jasper from Odd Future are the new guys on the crew. The Jackass guys are looking very old. Okay, they're they're not looking. They're, they're, the, the years have yeah. caught up with them because they and they've lived a lot of life. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot, they have lived a ton of a life. lot of hard living. And, and so when because Cameron and I even tested out another show called like Florida Shark Attack or something. <laughs> And and again, there was there was guys that were they were swimming with sharks in cages. The jackass guys do not believe in swimming with sharks with cages. They had Jasper from, like I said, if you know the Odd Future crew, um, uh, he was <laughs> floating on an inner tube behind a boat with pieces of tuna hooked to the inner tube, casually bobbing oh, yeah. around yes, while live yes, sharks was. in the water were eating the tuna. We're off. Eating and him, he was yanking him, and he's in this little tiny black inner tube being pulled by sharks that were swarming him and i'll yes, say this he, he was. was cool as a cucumber he, he said, was cracking jokes he yelled he yelled at him oh i got credit carded because the shark fin went right mm-hmm. in between the cheeks that was poking down because he was in a donut inner tube and his butt was hanging down and a shark fin credit carded him swipe and, right and, right in and, and, and in my mind i'm like okay are, are they, did they somehow find a stretch of the caribbean where these are domesticated sharks or something or are these guys really that crazy dude they were bull we sharks our- bull sharks account for the most aggressive they're the ones that <laughs> bite the humans and kill the humans bull sharks well, lemon sharks we, don't hammerheads don't bull sharks well, are the ones. well we got our answer to that question mm. how real this was in the next scene this is true where where poopsies the new they, they really poopies, put the new sure. you know, poopies whatever his name is they put they really like it was the new guys who they subjected to the crazy shark week stuff they had an idea for a stunt where uh and this wasn't teased out the whole episode no. it was just like one after mm-hmm. the other this was just another day because like they do the old jackass mm-hmm. show it's like they'll just do a stunt it's a five minute segment and then they move on that's what they were doing with shark week experiments each day was a different experiment <laughs> tell them about this one this one's crazy derek this is insane like imagine <laughs> so, if you would do this so, guys, this is no. But listen, okay. li- listen to what's about to happen. This is insane. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on y'all right. to convince me to okay. watch this. No, this is so, nuts. So they decide there's there's the 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 famous idiom jumping the shark, which originates from an episode of Happy right. Days where. Henry Winkler uh, uh, was water skiing, jumped over a shark on a lake over a ramp while wearing his like signature leather coat. Everyone points to it as like the moment the show just got too ridiculous. So they had an idea of let's close the show by jumping the shark. So they pull out a little floatable ramp and there are sharks swimming around in the water. Poopsies or poopies or whatever his name is is wearing a Fonzie leather jacket mm-hmm. and he's he you know he's la- ch- laughing it up he is is like water skiing behind a boat they're he's gonna a pull board. him and he 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, a wakeboard. They're gonna let. They're gonna jump the ramp on the wakeboard. He's gonna jump over the sharks and ride away. Well, he jumps over the ramp and he does not land it. He falls right in the water. And as he's sort of flailing around in the Fonzie leather leather coat, everyone's laughing. He is legit attacked by a shark. Like yeah. hospital. I, I mean, like I looked. I looked after. They underplayed it. He almost got his hand bit off. Like he. I mean. The yes, guy? a shark almost bit his hand off of his arm on the show. And like uh, at the end of the show, they show him and he had been in the hospital and he had this huge cast and like to reattach his hand. Yeah, he legit got attacked by a shark and the cameras got all the blood and everything. And he's like ambulanced away and a water rescue is crazy. And they it didn't build up to it at all. Ask. It just happened. It was exactly what we wanted. It was exactly what I've tuned into Shark Week. We've restored our faith in Shark Week. Uh, all right, let me. I, I have to ask y'all a question. Um, yes. It's going to be an obvious question. Yeah. Um, one, is there, do you know if there's any life insurance or any insurance with the Jackass crew? I can't imagine. I think they're waivers. I mean, right? You, it, that it you can't sue be. the production. It would have to be. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I would and think. Then the, next, the next question, which is, was going to be the first question, but I figured to stop people from being offended, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask the last question first. Was Poopsie white or black? He he was white. Okay, all right. He was white, but all right. Well, okay. hey, I, I I know where you're going, and Jesse and I had the same thought because at first, or uh, Jasper, who's black from Odd Future, was the one they were throwing in and that donut and you know all the danger stuff. And Cohen sits future next to don't me. Count. Our future. Well, don't so count. Cohen sitting next to me and going. Dad, everybody on that boat is white. Why'd they put the black yeah, our, guy in the water? Our future don't count. We don't we don't count our future. Our future is they odd. That's the definition of our future. So we don't count that. They're, they're, they're racially ambiguous. <laughs> as far there you as go. I'm concerned. So there's this other show there's this other show that we were watching, the Florida Shark Attack thing. Which I wanted what to do watch. They count? Hold on. What yeah. do they count as, Derek? Huh? Clarify. What do they count as? They they are, they are all racist. They are all all of us they are all of us and none of us at the same time <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> like right if you ever watch lord of squad like the them cats they out here man like they are gone they you know matter of fact well i'm, I'm I, I guess i'm gonna save this and let emily bring this up but uh they're odd we'll just leave it there mm. don't, don't do drugs kids uh, we real quick right, to wrap this up. We, we, we watched uh, we watched a few minutes of a show, the Florida Shark Attack show, because it was like legit. Like, hey, number one, like Florida is the shark cap- shark attack capital of the world, right? And I live in Florida, obviously. And I wanted to see what they were talking about because they were like it was two guys. They were Australian, and they were gonna go. They were gonna come and run experiments around the different hot spots around the Florida coast just to see. What was prompting the shark attacks? Was it sound? Was it sight? Was it, you know, clarity, murky water? Different things. It sounded like scientific. It wasn't scientific. What it ends up is like, it was two Australian guys. One guy is like a shark enthusiast. And then this other guy who is clearly a surfer or something. And then remember, the entire show is about shark attacks and humans getting attacked when they're out to surfing or swimming or whatever. And so this guy's talking, headshot, and he's Australian. And he looks like buff, like he's a surfer or whatever. And then they zoom out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. He's missing an arm and a leg because a shark Yo! ate it. Okay? Whoa, so he's got a bionic whoa. arm and a leg. Whoa. Here's the thing. The entire thing, I'm on the whole, entire time I'm thinking, I would never get on that boat. But he's not only on the boat. He's on the boat to he's- find sharks and agitate sharks 
to get them into a frenzy state. I'm going, you've been attacked. You're missing two limbs. What are you doing? He got a full sweatsuit, fins, swimming. They go in the water, free diving, no cage to try to agitate shark activity and did. They attracted bull sharks, lemon, lemon sharks, hammerheads. Calling them to himself, he's missing an arm and a leg. And I'm like, number one, how do you get in? I said this to Jesse just like rhetorically. How do you, if you're missing an arm and a leg from a shark attack, get in the water it's with the sharks again? And Jesse, I go, how can you swim with sharks? And Jesse goes, in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. AT set me up. <laughs> I love it. I was talking about emotionally, <laughs> mentally, how can you do this? And he's like, well, how do you swim with one arm and one leg? You swim in a circle. The oh same reason why you would join the cast of Jackass. You have <laughs> yeah. 20 years of documented footage of bad things happening to people on that show. And you just like, hey, I'm on it. I'm with it. It's crazy. Anyway, Shark Week Sorry, kids. Evening. They need to close out Shark Week with like Shark Week goes to therapy and like everybody who's participated, especially the Jackass crew, they need to see a therapist because I, I think there's some deep questions. We it's need to amazing be what people here. will do just to be on TV. You know what I mean? That's what that's kind of the vibe I got from the Jackass stunts is like, I, I, mm-hmm. I got to be honest, though, the Florida Shark Attack guy who was missing the arm and leg and we'd alternate between like the Winter Soldier arm and like a hook, you know, he literally had a hook. I feel like he. I felt like he was tempting fate at this point with these sharks. Like it, 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 it obviously they have they have a taste for him. Okay, like I don't know oh, the wow. science of why sharks. Wow. It, it's like you ever hang out with friends and, and like you're you're outside at a cookout or whatever. And it's like some people are getting attacked by mosquitoes. Some people aren't, you know, some, some people are just tasty to mosquitoes. This guy obviously tasty has, to sharks. Has, has, has an allure that I think it's be wise for him to avoid the water. From I agree. What we, and just even how do you get back in after that tragedy happens to you? It's just crazy to me. Anyway. Wow. All right. Well, Shark Week kids. All right, well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to Rain Wilson. You know him from The Office. He's Dwight. Uh, he's, he does Soul Pancake, a bunch of other stuff. He has a new book out. We talked to him. He has a new show out as well. Uh, you don't want to miss that. That's coming up later. We also have your feedback at the end of the show, but stay tuned right now. Up next, it's Relevant Buzz. listening to goth babe the song is bioluminescence well today's show is brought to you in part by earn in in those moments when money isn't moving as fast as your dreams are earn in provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward earn in is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to hundred dollars per day or up to 750 dollars per pay period all you have to do is download the earn in app and verify your paycheck and then you get access to the money that you've earned. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. They have over three and a half million customers who have found peace of mind, financial stability, and more, making Earn In part of their financial routine. So download Earn In today, spelled E A R N, earn. 
E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Relevant under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Again, that's type in Relevant under Podcast. Now, fine print subjects here, available earnings, daily max and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Again, go to your app store and download the Earnin app today. Okay, it's time for Relevant Buzz. All right, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week, Emily. Uh, no big deal. Other than Shark Week. Yeah, no big deal, but uh, aliens are real, y'all. Uh, this isn't news to me. I've always known this, but a former intelligence officer spoke with a House Oversight Committee this week and under oath, so he has to tell the truth, said the Pentagon has evidence of both UFOs and aliens. Um, of course, the Pentagon's denying this, but the truth is out there. Aliens are real. Jesse? There's... There's a lot to unpack on this in this story. Um, and, uh, you know, I, Cameron and I actually talked about this over dinner last night for quite a bit. That Over the, our know, holiday the, meal. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking Jesse, about the paranormal. The gravy. Like, hey, did you hear aliens are real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but um, there's a lot to unpack. It's it's a, it was a two hour, two and a half hour congressional hearing with um, you know whistleblowers who were the reason this noticeable uh, uh, notable is because they were testifying under oath, you know, under the threat of perjury, right? So, uh, and they all have high level security security clearances. Now, the one thing is a, a lot of now if you pay close attention to some of these whistleblowers, a lot of it still is secondhand, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it comes to like Emily you were saying uh, alien bodies or, or, or the bodies of what appear to be mm-hmm. you know some intelligent being that was piloting these craft the whistleblowers don't actually have first hand knowledge of that they, they have second hand they've heard from kind of deeper levels within the government that we have these or have seen pictures but not many of the, the whistleblowers or the whistleblowers <laughs> don't claim to have actually seen them or interacted them with their own eyes just it was sort of knowledge within the program that they existed. So I still, I, I think it's, I think there is some degree of plausibility that it is alien life. But I also think, you know, some of the nuances of these congressional uh, uh, testimonies are noteworthy considering that if, if the, if this was like terrestrial, just super sec- super secret technology that's being developed behind the scenes. There is no smoking gun that it it, it originates from off war world, other than testimony that is still secondhand from whistleblowers. But either way, whether it's aliens, which it seems like that's where a lot of the lawmakers are are, are seemingly suggest these congressional testimonies are suggesting that we need to be very open to the possibility that these are off world quote unquote craft. Even if they, but even if they turned out to be just highly advanced, you know, uh, craft. I mean, there was one pilot who testified that he saw a a red cube the size of a football field emerge from the ocean. He almost hit it with his fighter jet. Actually, right off the coast, Cameron, a few ten miles from where we are sitting right now. This is where this occurred off the coast of Virginia Beach. Mm. A red cube emerged from the ocean the size of a football field. Their fighter jets almost hit it, and then it vanished like it just took off into the sky. 
Whether that is whether that is alien technology or something terrestrial, it is absolutely mind blowing testimony from a fighter jet pilot. No one cares. The most interesting part about this is, I don't think a lot of people really care. Like, like, like this happened yesterday. The most mind blowing congressional testimony of our life. Maybe some of the most significant testimony of our lifetime took place yesterday, and people are like, "Oh man, I, I don't Shark Week." Yeah, it's a, a Shark Week got prelimed. Hey. Um, uh, what, what do you what do you think about the Barbie movie? What was the real message? Is it about toxic femininity or toxic masculinity? It's it, or it's like, it, what, what do you think should win the Oscar? Uh, I'm just a kid or Peaches from Mario Brothers? It's like facts, bro. Boy, no one boy, cares. Hunter Biden laptop. Is anyone sure what's that all about? I don't know. I keep hearing that. We have the most sig- no the, some of the most significant all. congressional testimony of a generation. <laughs> And nobody cares. Like if they came out, if an alien came out to testify in a suit, like a little gray alien came out, was like, "All right, here we go, guys. Here's the story. You know, we crashed here, trying to figure out. Let's exchange some ships. Help us get out of here." Even then, I don't know if it. I don't even know if it would lead a lot of news. Like I think it'd be like, "Oh, and there would be uh, earlier today." Cardi B and Offset got into another fight today yeah exactly exactly i think you see it trending it's like you know yeah cardi b <laughs> offset you see some like you Mitch know mcconnell's they, face froze during a press conference we literally just stopped <laughs> or, or, or it's like some sort of like Twitter feature rebranding, and all the way down there is like Mr. Gray, and it's and it's this guy, it's this exasperated alien in a suit well, being like, "I've been trying to tell you guys, I, I like, what so do I need to do? How many farmers do I have to throw before you pay attention?" My favorite response was someone retweeted it was like, "Well, are the aliens going to help me pay my bills?" And I was like, that really does kind of like we do have other things that are like whether or not aliens are real, my right. life continues yeah, exactly. on. So like, are they gonna or not? Well, well, I mean, then let me know if I don't need to plan for like or maybe not. for next week if they're if gonna the take aliens over. Don't like, want let it me to. know. Yeah. Just hit me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I stick at this point. I know with myself where I'm at in life is I'm just like, look, what's going to happen going to happen. So if, 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 if the aliens is here, we got to deal with them. We got to no. deal with them. Like I, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. I mean, it's like <laughs> we need to just say, I have that attitude. It's like God's know, in control. I don't know and, if that's a healthy place for me. I'm saying for me, I'm, for me, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm just confident in God. It's just like, bro, is it another yeah. thing? You know, we had riots, we had pandemics, we had... People are dying from heat. People yeah. are dying from heat. We've had inflation. We've had, <laughs> you know, it's been crazy. So it's like, hey, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah, aliens, they're here. They're going to attack us. Uh, the people in Tennessee that have guns in their closets are going to save us. We'll just leave it but to it's them. It's like you ever you know like I mean? take over like, uh, or, you know, uh, a house or, or whatever after somebody yeah. got evicted and they just trash it and it's whatever. <laughs> if the aliens want to come now and take over Earth, we've trashed you, it. You got you can it, have it. Do you, you can pay, have it. Bro. Just, <laughs> yeah. you know. but, but, but the thing is, like, I don't even know if it's like to Emily, your, to you guys' point of like, well, it doesn't really, I, I don't think it's an unfair point, right? That it's like, it doesn't really affect my life, like, it, one way or the other. Because, like, a couple of weeks ago, 
everyone had their own hot take about that submarine, right? right, that, right. That tra- the submarine right. tragedy. You, you, could, you couldn't go anywhere and people would be like, man, you hear about the submarine? You know, like everyone had a vested interest in an opinion about it, right? This is so much bigger of a story. That was <laughs> that was a tiny submarine going to visit the Titanic. Obviously, it had tragic occurrences, but I'm just saying, like, it was one of those pop anomalous pop culture stories that everyone that you could you could talk to anyone on the street, you could just ask them, "Hey, man, what's your thoughts?" and they would tell you a very strong opinion. This is so much higher stakes, and mm-hmm. nobody cares. The crazy thing is, it matters. It it does matter. Like, yeah, yeah, this stuff matters, but. I think that we're all so like there's nothing we can do about anything that everyone's just like, look, I can only control what I can control. And uh, it's a very 2023 response. Like just I was like, okay, another thing. But it's like we do need to weigh like some of these things are very important and we should focus on and aliens being real. Who knew knew that the first Transformers movie was a documentary? I had no idea. That's all. I mean, aliens now. All aliens down there in Project The All Spark. Yeah. But like, if you had to rank what people's awareness of, of like (laughs) that cool sphere building in Vegas, um, yeah, uh, the latest Cardi B fight, um, uh, yeah, the the, the submarine story, or, you know, Biden's laptop. Yeah. Hunter Biden's laptop, or like, or like the the, the new Travis Scott Jordan's aliens. I think it would probably be about that order, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like in and how much people care. But it, it just kind of is what it is. You Crazy. Know? All right. What else do you have, Emily? Um, speaking of unbelievably weird stories, Lana Del Rey has recently been spotted working at a Waffle House in, in Alabama. Did y'all hear and about like, this? It's, I did. It's like not well, for a bit as far as we know. Though, right? Like, so I, I don't, you know. It is what it yeah. is. <laughs> Customers just She's on her. recognized her and her name tag said Lana, but she wasn't like trying to do it for publicity, but some random yeah, customers in Alabama like, spotted her. She's not hiding. She hasn't really given a reason like why. At first people were like, is she shooting a music video at a Waffle House in Alabama? But like she's literally working. Like she's taking orders, talking to customers. And everyone said she's been really nice. Like she's taken photos with fans, signed some autographs. But it's just so funny because she dropped an album earlier this year that did fairly well and she headlined a festival to like 60,000 people last month Wait, so she's doing yeah you're, you're saying that she's not doing it for the money you're like right yeah so like, I, I there's think no reason she comes for her to money, do this though. like there, there's no way she yeah she's she comes from money so, so Derek I, I as an artist I was I thought of you like I'm I'm curious like my perspective when I heard this was she's the sort of artist that writes very vulnerable from experience like there's yeah. so much like heartbreak or this or that whatever like even like there's lyrics of like remember that summer that we went to that conference in orlando and like it just it's from experience and i'm sitting there thinking she's become such a big star that her world is getting smaller 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 she's living in this little bubble in la i think she's probably going like i want to go to this random location in alabama and live a real life and slog through shifts at waffle house just to almost get content you know, like to have yeah. experiences, see people, see real life, real America that she wouldn't experience in L.A. That's my take on it. She hasn't said either way, though, but it would make sense if she did that. She's that type of an artist to me. 
Yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah. I definitely could see that, especially if your whole life, like she comes from money. So if your whole life you've lived your life in money, it could be that. It could be a spiritual journey. It could be a. It could be a journey of like, wait, wait a second. I've lived in decadence my whole life. Like I, I want to see what the rest of life looks right. like. Right. And I just don't want to do anything with music or be a you know debutante or whatever. I'm just gonna just live life. So yeah. I mean, hey, look. Listen, you got to be happy, you know? So, look, if you get abducted by aliens, at least you be at Waffle House, you get a nice all-star, you know what I'm saying? And you be straight. (laughs) She's only two hours from us, Derek, so we could make a little road trip down there and see her. Here's the thing. Maybe it does. Derek, I like your idea. Maybe she's preparing for the aliens because from the videos I've seen, I don't want to disparage Waffle House, but... If you you work at a Waffle House, you got to be prepared to scrap every once in a while. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you. You know, so if, if you can handle yourself at a Waffle House, so she's going there to get ready for the alien apocalypse. She's gonna, she's learning hand to hand combat, is what you're training. saying. I'm telling Got you right it. now, you better have some hand to hand combat in the Waffle House. <laughs> you don't have no hand to hand combat in the Waffle House, you're gonna have a problem. I will say, it looks like she's working a day shift, so it might not be as, I feel like night shift. Oh, Waffle yeah, that, House, it's that's the 3 a.m. Waffle House that you yeah, gotta yeah. watch out for. It looks like she's. Light's still out. I, she's not. She's easing up to it. She'll get there. Yeah. Three AM Waffle House will, uh, get you get you They'll together get you. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Dude, it, why isn't there? I guess we're kind of past that time of like trash reality shows. But I'm surprised there's not like a late night diner. You know where where it's just like you don't know who's walking in the door. You don't know what you're in for. I'm surprised. Like in the era of like repo men, where mm-hmm. it was just car, where mm-hmm. it was just cameramen following around people repoing cars to see what kind of stuff they get into. I'm surprised we didn't have more of that late night diner stuff. You know, we really right. should have because that's like true American culture there. Yeah, and- but but it, that stuff's not going to go down if there's a camera crew sitting there. I, I, you know mm. what I mean? Because that I, stuff comes out of like I, don't, I think I, I don't know. I think, think, it, it I think arguably, I think arguably, it's more likely to go down. I mean, we were talking oh, about yeah, yeah. people will do anything to get on TV. So that's true. All right, at the Waffle House, the truck stop, the drunk after the club. We need and to do just diners, drive-ins, and dives after hours. Yeah, that's what. It yeah. Is. Oh yeah, Waffle House. Yeah. You cut the cameras on. It's gonna turn into uh, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saying, that's just gonna fuel it. <laughs> all right what else emily um yeah last thing i want to talk about is super exciting every summer barack obama drops a summer playlist of all the songs he's listened to and he's always got like a very eclectic taste so the place is pretty interesting uh, but this year we were really excited because no big deals parabolic made the cut it, it was cool it's like he didn't know and you watch his like uh, no big deals like ig stuff like he's like going how did he he literally said on his last post like how did president obama even hear this song <laughs> you know like he didn't this ain't faked i mean it's just like he literally just posted it and no big deal found out about it, which is incredible so yeah yeah this this has been this is i think one day was on it a year or two ago like the somebody programming that playlist of the obama's they tapped into some CHH for sure. I was, okay, really I want to cool. ask, do we think Obama makes the playlist or does he get help? Not at all. <laughs> Obama <laughs> I he thought he said. I thought he said he did. He's, I mean, he says he did. I think Hassan Minaj like, straight up asked him. Stuff. And he was like, yeah, he I was, listened to it. but He mm-hmm. listened to it. You heard what he said? I listened to it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, I think his team puts it together. He loves it, approves it, and then it goes out. You know, like, okay. I, and so then he knows that he can speak intelligently about it. 
But is he out there deep in this in the playlist, like discovering new stuff? No, of course Obama not. is not on Spotify. Exactly, I think his daughters are. So I could see them, especially with the younger music. I'm like, Malia and Sasha. His I believe y'all are listening. Did not to this. make that playlist. <laughs> I think Malia they and Sasha did not make that playlist. <laughs> nah, he's got, that, got playlist got, that playlist got all kind of clean, nice stuff on there. They, they did not. They made if they did, they made one for him. That's not Malia and Sasha playlist. <laughs> the dad version. Malia, yeah. Malia was at Travis Scott concert, high as a mug, three, four years ago. I remember. She was af- absolutely <laughs> not making that playlist. At Lollapalooza, not the presidential yeah. playlist for sure. Yeah, yeah, Jesse and I were at Lollapalooza few years ago when she was there like yeah was the security and stuff but yeah malia malia out here i mean she cool she she a young lady she doing her thing she kicking it and that playlist do not reflect young lady kicking it at Lollapalooza. i'm just letting y'all know that's true anyway good job no big deal we're proud of them it's really cool really cool to get mentioned like that in fact if you haven't heard the song yet, I'm going to play it right now. Stay tuned. Up next, Rain Wilson joins us. That'll do it for the buzz. Rappers don't revise. Cut the fat like some lipo. Shout to Post Malone. Kill the beat like a psycho. Any tribe mitochondria. I'm in a cell. Intel like Melania. I'm doing well. Put my pennies in a safe. Not a wishing well. I can never mess with Snake like I'm Splinter Cell. Hey Carvello told him send a pack at once. Right now. Take Billy. I don't have to do a punch. Look, I just ate the beat. I don't have to take a lunch. You the capping of the capping. Only capping like it's crunchy. You're listening to No Big Deal. The song is Parabolic. Our guest today is Rain Wilson. You know him as Dwight Schrute from The Office. He's also the co-founder of Soul Pancake and recent author of Soul Boom, Why We Need a Spiritual Revolution. He spoke with us about how connecting to our spirituality can help us mentally, emotionally, and globally. Here's our conversation with Rain Wilson. I'm really excited to speak with you about your book, Soul Boom, because it's all about why we need a spiritual evolution right now. And I'd really like to know what sparked the idea for this book. Well, you know, it's one of the first questions I pose in the book, Soul Boom, is why the hell is the guy who played Dwight writing a book on spirituality? And, you know, there's a number of different reasons. Um, One that I bring up is I was raised a member of the Baha'i faith. And uh, Baha'is are very involved in deep spiritual conversations about a number of different topics and how spiritual tools can enrich our lives. Uh, Baha'is believe in the essential divinity of all of the world's religions. And... So I grew up studying a lot of different faith traditions. And also, I really felt like this topic is not, it's not just a side hobby of an unemployed actor. It's really, really important. Like, we need a spiritual revolution. Things are falling apart from our political climate to racism and sexism to income inequality, to climate change. Um, Young people more and more are feeling this anxiety, the mental health epidemic. And there are solutions to be found. There are salves to be found uh, through spirituality and the tools of spirituality. And we're not discussing them. 
So, you know, we're talking a lot of, about positive psychology and how to be happier and how to be more grateful. That's great. Doesn't seem to be working very well or helping very much. And we talk about electing different political figures and politicians, and maybe that'll help if we pass some legislation. That doesn't really seem to be helping. So I'm kind of, this is a clarion call for us to kind of go back to the basics, to go back to like, why are we here? Why are we alive? Why is there something instead of nothing at all in this universe? And how should we treat one another? Because these are essentially spiritual questions as much as they are philosophical ones. I want to make sure that we're on the same page about what we mean about spirituality, because I think it can mean a different thing to a lot of different people. So what do you mean when you use the word spirituality? There is a, de- a dictionary definition. I forget which dictionary it is, but it was uh, attention, uh, paying attention to the spiritual and the non-material aspects of life. And it's really that simple. So for me, uh, spirituality is about um, heart and soul. It's about feeling. It's about connection. It's about meaning. It's about transcendence. Um, in contemporary kind of uh, secular society, spirituality is kind of a very vague thing. It's a feeling you get after a yoga class, let's say. And for some on the more Christian side of things, spirituality is only something to be understood vis-a-vis the Bible and church. Um And so I'm not talking about either of those things as well. I'm talking about the ancient human conversation of um, our eternal beings, the the soul aspect of ourselves, and all that that entails. One aspect of spirituality that I think is very important are the divine virtues that we cultivate. Um, Kindness and compassion and humility and honesty. These are not virtues that benefit us in any way. You don't uh, go into the marketplace or you don't go into agriculture. You don't become a hunter-gatherer with greater humility, you know, and greater compassion. Those things aren't going to help you get ahead, right? So, why do all humans have these virtues, some in larger capacities and some in smaller capacities? Because they're aspects of the divine, And this is another idea that exists in the Vedas and Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita and the Dhammapadas of the Buddha and the Quran in the Bible, the Talmud and, uh, you know, the Old Testament and in the Baha'i Holy Writings as well. And these are uh, aspects of the self that are spiritual that can be cultivated uh, through work and through focus. But these questions can help us with, on an individual level, you know, thinking about like the mental health epidemic that's going on right now, it can give our lives uh, a richness and meaning and focus. And it can also help us collectively uh, as a species on the planet. Um, So it's, again, like I said at the beginning, these are really important questions. They're not just... um, a side hobby that uh, makes an interesting conversation on a podcast or whatever. You've spoken a lot about how Baha'i introduced you to a lot of different religions and spiritual beliefs as you were growing up. And I'm curious, how has having that spiritual background impacted your life and your view of the world? So 
I've spoken about this a lot before, maybe even with Relevant back in the day, but I grew up a member of the Baha'i faith. I left it like so many people do in my 20s and early 30s. I left anything to do with religion hard. I turned my back on spirituality and morality and God and, um, you know, religious practice and building community through religion, you know, devotions. Um, all of that. I just wanted to go be an actor in New York. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I didn't want anything kind of holding me back. Well, that didn't work out so well. Uh, I got um, very uh, uh, depressed and uh, anxious. I, I went, I had very severe anxiety disorder. Uh, I was dabbling in addiction uh, and drugs and alcohol. And uh, I was really lost and unhappy. So, ultimately, after reading the great religious holy texts of the world, including the Bible, I started reading the texts of the Baha'i Faith, texts that I had not really perused as a, as a youth and a teenager while I was in the faith. And I um, came back to my faith and it has given my life a tremendous amount of, uh, of meaning and focus and hope and love and uh, perspective. So, uh, I just love what the Baha'is are doing around the world, uh, the way that Baha'is are involved in service work and community building uh, is really exciting. And the primal works of Baha'u'llah and Abdu'l-Baha and the Bab, the founders of the Baha'i faith, are, are uh, incredibly uh, inspirational and inspiring to me. That's so interesting to hear more about your background and your story. And what sticks out to me is that in our society right now, there's so many studies that show we are both the least religious we've ever been. And we're also experiencing the most anxiety and arguably the most turmoil. And in a way, I feel like your life sort of mimics a lot of what American society is experiencing right now. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe collectively as a culture, we'll find our way back to some kind of spiritual path. Um, and I think people are much more open to these ideas now than they were even like five or six years ago. Um, as things continue to disintegrate, uh, I think young people especially are more and more open to like, oh, maybe, wait a second, you know, we all jettisoned religion, right? Because there's been so much corruption involved in religion and so much shame and judgment and um, crimes committed and perpetrated by religion. We've jettisoned it. We're like, Ugh. but like I say in my book, maybe we've thrown the spiritual baby out with the religious bathwater and maybe there is some truth to be found um, in the holy texts and um, some kind of sense of, transcendent purpose for us human beings on this planet that can actually practically make our lives better and make the world better. Because if it doesn't do that, then we should jettison it. But if spirituality or religion or some combination of the two, because those are two kind of separate things, if they do make our lives better, and if they do make the world better, then we should focus on that um, and work toward that. And if they don't, then we, we really should find something else. I have no idea what that would be. What is a good first step toward creating a spiritual revolution in our own personal lives? 
Well, I, in my book, I talk about seven pillars of a spiritual revolution uh, at the end of the book. And there's many ones that are really uh, practical. One is to not give up hope, to remain joyful, to spread joy, to, to spread positivity and work for change. Because if we're cynical and pessimistic, um, then nothing gets done. And the forces of chaos and confusion, of materialism, and of hopelessness and despair, they win. If we, if we stay pessimistic and cynical, they win. And it's really easy to get pessimistic and cynical. Just read the newspaper and be like, ah, what a bunch of crap. This sucks. We'll never get out of this. Nothing will ever change. It's really, I find myself falling into that position a great deal. So I say fostering joy and squashing cynicism. That's a great place to start. You could do that on a daily basis. You could make a decision. Not only am I going to attempt to feel joy, or connect with joy, I'm going to spread joy. I'm going to give joy to someone else as a service. And believe it or not, when you do that, when you give joy to someone else, you actually feel, you get like a 10% dividend on the joy that you give to someone else, maybe 5% dividend. It actually makes you feel more joyful. And when that voice comes up of like, nothing will ever change, this sucks, where humans are just buttholes, we'll, ne we'll never get any better. We've got to squash that impulse and, and recognize it for what it is and say, you know, that's not going to lead to anything good to just to, to dwell in that. Uh, so feel it, acknowledge it. Oh, there's that cynical, pessimistic voice again and let that go and then focus on joy. That was Rain Wilson. You can order Soul Boom now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. You're listening to Odessa, Yellow House, and Preston. The song is Waiting Forever. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we got talking about the uh, Barbenheimer double feature that so many people did where they saw Oppenheimer and Barbie on the same day. And it got us thinking about weird pairings of movies that, that we would want to see happen in the theater. So we asked you... What would be your dream weird double feature movie theater experience? You hit us up on Twitter slash X. I don't know what to call it anymore. Uh, <laughs> at Relevant Podcast. And you told us some, here's some of our favorites. <laughs> Hack Attack. Well, I, they, they just came out and just said the, uh, the names here. A Walk to Remember the Titans. <laughs> Yo. The, <laughs> the Life of Pi, Ritz of the Caribbean. Again, uh, two aquatic <laughs> theme movies there. Uh, the wolf, the wolf of Wally. Ooh, <laughs> Night um, Tale and Dark Knight is crazy. Oh, oh yeah, Night Tale and Dark Knight is crazy. Shout out to to Jeremy Friedel. You got to throw in ten things I hate about you, though. Like, just make it 
a little Heath Ledger marathon. Right. I, I like that everybody's theming it. So like Tim Quigg said, uh, his double feature would be sequels. So Paddington 2 and then John Wick 2. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. John B's. He said he actually did this one. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> a double feature of A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Spike Lee's Malcolm X. Yo, <laughs> he says whoa. he saw them in that order in 1992. And he's like, he says, I didn't feel good about my day when that was over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Like two movies that's like, why would you watch those back to back? But I appreciate it. Was no, it that's, I, that's, that's wild. Did he just have time to kill the theater that day? Yeah, like, I think he just wanted it. Just, he yeah. went in him up at Christmas Carol and was like, hey, I'm just going to sneak into another one that's about to start. I think that's... And, oh, and listen, X? that, that random, that fateful afternoon has been living rent-free in his head since 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. He's like, guys, I'm so glad someone asked me. I think about it all the time. The day I saw Muppets Christmas Carol and Spike Lee's Malcolm X in the same afternoon. <laughs> Someone's finally asking me about it. All right. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. You guys had some great suggestions. All right. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, earlier in the show, we were talking about the alien testimony that the little gray man said, hey, I'm here, everybody. No. Uh, that a government official said on the record that the government has in possession alien crafts and being. Uh, and it got completely unnoticed in the news cycle mitch mcconnell's Nobody face cared. got more coverage than aliens being real which is unreal to me anyway it got us thinking we want to know from you what's a story that that you heard or saw in the last few years that you're shocked that more people didn't care about like how is anybody not talking about this um a story that you came across so hit us up on twitter at relevant or sorry hit us up on x Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on threads. I don't know. At Relevant Podcast, at Relevant Magazine, and tell us stories that you think should have gotten far more attention than they did in the last few years. And we'll, we'll shine the spotlight on Can I give you an example? Please do. Legend, leg, Hollywood legend Dick Van Dyke. I love him. He's one of my he heroes. was do, making rounds doing interviews, and I don't know why more people don't still talk about this. A few years ago, he fell asleep on a surfboard. And when he woke <laughs> up, he, 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 he literally said the land was out of sight. Okay, that's how far he's, he drifted. He's 99 years old. When was this? This was, he was, I think he was 92. He was so 92 was on a surfboard? He, and he fell asleep, which is not surprising. Yeah, you know, he's an older guy, taking a little siesta on the surfboard. He wakes up on the surfboard, land is out of sight. This is not, we all, uh, think about National how close. treasure, Dick Van Dyke. And, 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 and people would have just been like, Dick Van Dyke vanished. <laughs> like, not, like, he literally floated away, never to be seen again. <laughs> This is what he said, okay? I, there's no reason to doubt him. Dick Van Dyke has never done anything to make us doubt his credibility, right. okay? The man was in Mary Poppins. He said he woke up, land was out of sight. You have to be miles. I think it's three miles is line of sight in the ocean. He was three miles out. This is, I'm going to read. Three miles is read. the international, international border. Like he That's was, in, f- he could have been gambling out there. He was in international waters. Dick Van Dyke drifted out to international waters on a paddleboard and prepare, was preparing to die. And this, is, this is the quote from the interview. I, start, I started seeing fins swimming around me and thought, I'm dead. They turned out to be porpoises and they pushed me all the way back to shore. He said, I am not kidding. That actually happened. A pod of porpoises miles out into the ocean. Found TV legend Dick Van Dyke bobbing in international waters. America's dad, and Dick Van Dyke. A pod of dolphins pushed him all the way to shore. 
Hey. How did how are more people okay. still not talking hey. about also, that? Also, <laughs> not not coincidentally, that day is the first day Dick Van Dyke tried mushrooms on the shore <laughs> of the beach. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And the magical dolphin pod maybe didn't push him all the way back to shore. How do people not bring that up at least at least once a month? Like, oh man, I never remember when Dick Van Dyke got Dude, that's dinner party up. fodder right there. Like that's what I'm saying, but why do a story like that? This should be the biggest story in the world. <laughs> one Dick Van Dyke missing at sea. No one knows where he is. Waters. He floated. Dick Van Dyke has floated away, <laughs> printed all over the world. He's resurfaced, and a pot of dolphins pushed him in. I love it. I love in my it. mind, the dolphins like recognized him, and they're like, "We got to get this man back to shore." Like it's it's this is the it's world's a father. National we need treasure. to here. My goodness, that is crazy. Anyway, Dick hit Van, us up on Dick Van Dyke was high as hell. That's, that's what I'm thinking too. It's like I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I gotta be honest. If there if there's top five people who would tell that story, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna probably believe them. I think Dick Van Dyke's on that list of top five. Like, I, I just, no, I don't. I believe facts. <laughs> I, I, I believe that, that 92 year old Dick Van Dyke. Up. Did not drift to international waters and get pushed back by a magical pot of porpoises. Why would, I, that, why, don't, why, that, don't, why, that don't add up, Jesse. I'm sorry. Cameron, listen, why at the age of 92 is he making this up? He has nothing. He has nothing to gain from this. He I don't have game. You know what man. old people do? They take drugs for pain relief and How different things. You. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm not. Hey, I'm not disparaging, and, and, and I'm not libeling him. I'm not saying that he takes drugs. I'm just saying. It would be a plausible explanation, more he, plausible the, than a magical pot the, of porpoises has, saving him as he drifts out there. Nothing to gain, everything hey, to hey, lose. Look, man, old people do drugs too, bro. Like we just <laughs> let it be. He's dope. got ninety. Willie Nelson been doing weed for longer than I've been living, bro. Like, so. dude, he, the man has ninety years of credibility. Ninety nine. Okay? He's 99 now. And he could have been doing drugs all 99 years, bro, for real. We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) If if his representatives are listening to this, please do not sue us. We're not saying he's a drug addict. We're just... I'm saying... I'm just just saying... This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Dick Van Dyke is a drug addict. I'm just saying, if I'm 90 (laughs) years old, if I'm 90 years old and I tell y'all that I drifted out to sea... International waters and, and international waters and some <laughs> dolphins push me back to shore. I'm a paddleboard. Listen, y'all, I'm high as hell. Like, I'm telling y'all right now, I'm high as hell. I'm letting y'all know right now, bro. Derek, I'm giving y'all, y'all can. I'm high. Like, just let y'all know. I'm saying, if Jesse, it was me, what, what happen, if I what was Dick Van Dyke, I would be high as hell. What happens if when you sleep? You dream. If he fell asleep on the paddleboard, he dreamt that those dolphins pushed no. him back to shore, and he woke no, up as the waves had pushed no. him in. If it was me, just Derek, take y'all go drug test Derek ASAP. Just, <laughs> just, if it's me, drug test the, Derek. ASAP. This, this I show, can't tell his Dick's pupils story. are the size uh, of golf balls. That's, yeah, that, yeah, it's Derek yeah. gone. Derek gone. Again, he seems like one of the least likely persons in in the world to to to. to I agree with to you. Trip and do, but I, we've been doing the show a long time. If you were to g- put, give me a million dollars to say Derek's going to qualify something he says in this show with a phrase, and I had to guess it, and I got one million guesses, I would not have guessed that it would be, I'm not saying Dick Van Dyke is a drug addict, but... <laughs> 
I'm not listen. I'm keep me out of all lawsuits. No nothing. Listen, Dick Van Dyke here, America's dad. Yeah. We on a podcast, but I'm saying if me, Derek yeah. Miner, right. if I'm in that position and I tell you that story, get the drug test. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to ask people. This is well documented. Again, it flew kind of flew under the radar, but it's out there. You can go look it up, and people make their own determination. All right. All right, well, that'll do it for your, your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, if you know, tell us the stories that you feel are been underreported that the world should be talking about or paying more attention to. And we'll read our favorites on next week's show. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Rain Wilson for joining us. Make sure to check out his new book, Soul Boom, Why We Need a Spiritual Revolution Now. Also, a few updates. If you haven't checked out the summer issue of Relevant yet, you should. We have a ton of incredible conversations and content. Uh, our cover story is with Lauren Daigle about her amazing new album. We also talked to Arizona, Drew Holcomb, Naomi Rain, and so many other amazing artists, leaders, and thinkers. You can get the issue for free by clicking the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. If you want to get the beautifully designed enhanced digital edition, you can as part of Relevant Plus. Relevant Plus uh, gives you a ad-free experience with our content so you get unlimited ad-free reading at relevantmagazine.com you you get an ad-free version of this podcast an exclusive subscriber podcast and more plans start as low as 250 a month you can find out all the information by clicking the relevant plus tab at the website also make sure to stay connected with what we're publishing every day we cover the intersection of faith life justice and culture like no one else you can get our top five trending stories into your inbox every weekday morning by signing up for our newsletter right there at the website or follow us on the socials. We're posting all day, every day over on Twitter slash X, uh, threads, Facebook, Instagram, and you know, just wherever. Just follow us. There you go. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Emily Brown. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com We bailed on the special without one breach. Relevant Podcast Network.